0: Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the
3: fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating experience.
1: All right, guys. We got our our next guest is on. I'm not listening, Kevin. I'm not even gonna try. I'm gonna let you pronounce it. And I'll
2: up. <laughs> I don't blame you. Know some people just say ostrich and give up. So I appreciate you letting me take the reins here. It's uh, it's ostriker. It's A-striker. like the, 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 awesome. the American I thought I thought Pie thing. If you've seen that,
1: yeah. No, no. I thought that's exact. I just didn't want to butcher it. Didn't want nah, to. So, well, I, I want to thank you for coming on. I want you to let everybody know what you do. And, uh, you know, basically how you got here to, you know, this point in your career.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I'm the host and producer of Locked On Ravens, part of the Locked On podcast network. So that's five days a week. We do content plus bonus episodes. You know, people are eating that, uh, eating the Ravens content up during the playoffs. Unfortunately, it didn't end the way that a lot of people here in Baltimore wanted. But five days a week, Ravens content over there, whether it's YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast, another other form. I also write over for the Ravens Wire USA Today. So doing that. And I've also just started up with the Ryan Ripken Show, Kyrokin Jr.'s son. I've been working with him and a bunch of other people. We do Baltimore content over there as well. So we've talked plenty about uh, the coaching losses on all, on all the platforms. And one of those, obviously, which I'm sure, I'll get into tonight. It's Anthony Weaver.
1: Yep, absolutely. I think that's why you're here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's uh who's up first?
2: A big question that
3: everyone has, right? Why wasn't Weaver first in line for the DC position in Baltimore? And uh what kind of coach do you could you say we're getting in Anthony Weaver in Miami?
2: For the first part of the question, I think it really came down to the Ravens. They had so many quality coaches on that staff this year that they, they had to make a tough decision. And how I think it went, this isn't necessarily confirmed, but Zach Zach Orr confirmed part of this. So they went with Zach or I think, over Anthony Weaver as their defensive coordinator. And part of the reason for it is because I think that they believe that Zach Orr can have a similar path to Mike McDonald. Anthony Weaver isn't a good candidate. I think that when you talk about play calling versus non-play calling, Weaver's been there, right? He, he's had play calling experience. But for Zach, Orr, I think the Ravens feel like they can kind of mold him and, and Orr has already had a pulse on the organization being there as a player for three years before retiring and then coming back as a coach and working his way up. So I think how it was going to go for the Ravens is they had to make a choice between Orr and Weaver. Orr said that Mike McDonald, he went to Seattle to be the head coach. Orr said that McDonald tried to get him over there to Seattle. And it would have taken a lot for him to leave Baltimore. And the Ravens offered him that job and he took it. I think Weaver was in consideration, but I think they went with the younger play caller because they just had the success with Mike McDonald. And the Ravens have historically promoted it's kind of a funny trend. They've promoted their linebackers' coaches, Dean Pease. Many, many years ago, he, he was the linebacker's coach promoted. Once he left, it was Don Martindale. He was the linebacker's coach promoted. Then it was Mike McDonald from Martindale. He was the linebacker's coach. And now Zach Orr, he was the linebacker's coach. Not that that has, you know, that's not the only reason they did it. But I think in Weaver, you're getting somebody in Miami that, first of all, has the ear of his players. He's someone who was a master motivator. He knows the game, obviously played in Baltimore and had a pretty solid NFL career wasn't, you know, hall like super hall of fame or anything like that, but he's been around the game for a really long time. And I mentioned has that play calling experience and coaches, players, everybody in in the organization loved him. He impressed John Harbaugh enough during his time there that he earned the associate head coach role. And part of this for a lot of people in Baltimore is it's tough to lose all these guys. And I think Weaver was somebody that a lot of people had their eye on for the defensive coordinator role in Baltimore but they went with the younger candidate and or he'll bring over some of that Mike McDonald style defense. And part of that is, you know, being, I call it timed aggressiveness where you're not going to blitz on every single play in the Ravens defense and what they did, but they love using corner blitzes and safety blitzes and guys off of the edges. And sometimes you'll get some short stuff that you'll give up is the Ravens defense and use that system intermediate stuff too, but they don't let you get beat deep. That defense does not get beaten deep. They tighten up inside the red zone. And so Weaver is going to have the, the ear of his players. I mean, that's just what it is, where these Ravens coaches and players loved Weaver in Baltimore, and he's been well-respected wherever he's gone, and I don't expect that to change in Miami. All
4: right, Kevin, thank you for your time. Quick question. Uh, people, to the untrained eye, you see the name, and you see the accolade, you might, oh, he's just a defensive lineman coach. Y'all. So, yeah, oh, defensive linemen are the only position group that is going to thrive under, under Weaver. For the people that have that train of thought, can you tell us who do you what other position group you might see that is going to take an actual
2: jump with him here? I I think everybody. I think first of all, when you when you talk about the defensive line, I was really impressed, and it was a couple of coaches, but Weaver was the one who was in charge of that defensive line group. And we saw Justin Matabike in Baltimore have one of the best interior pass rushing seasons in Ravens history under Weaver this past season. Michael Pierce had a resurgence. He, he was somebody who had been off injured, but he was a presence in the middle as kind of the big nose tackle. Travis Jones took a year or two leap under him. But then it does go beyond that, as you talked about, where I think that will go to, you know, the outside linebackers, to the inside. Everybody's going to have, Weaver's attention and then the positional coaches whether they're retained from Miami or he brings in some guys on his own from the Baltimore staff or from outside the organization. I think it's going to be good. He's had a track record of developing younger players of getting the best out of veterans who are maybe on their second to last contract or last contracts. And, and Miami has a has a blend of that, right? I think that he He can attack this in so many different ways. And he's shown that whether it's from his coordinator experience in Houston, him having an increased role in Baltimore, and obviously it'll depend on some of the recoveries for Miami's players, like a Bradley Chubb and a Jalen Phillips when those guys are able to come back. But I think that once they're able to come back, I mean, they're already great players, but I think he can even unlock a couple more levels to those guys, which is what he did with some of the players he had in Baltimore, like a Calvin Noy, for example, a Jadavian Clowney, those guys in Baltimore, he and Chuck Smith worked in tandem. To essentially have Van Noy sitting on his couch in week three, and they brought him in, he had almost 10 sacks on the season. So you can have that where if Miami brings in a couple of veteran players, I know they kind of had to do it last year because of how many injuries they suffered. It was just an injury riddle group on the defense all season. Get guys back healthy. I think Weaver can get the best out of really any positional group on that defense. Well,
0: uh, hey, thanks again, uh, Kevin. When you talk about getting the a, a best uh, of some of these guys, I, I think, and I look at specifically Javon Holland, what are some of the ways that you all use that safety group? And what are some of the ways you potentially see him using Javon Holland in in an overall scheme? I'm not, I'm not sure what scheme they're going to run or the, 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 you know, whether it's going to be the three, four to four, three. But what, where do you, where do you see Javon Holland specifically thriving with this new coaching player motivated? Because I, I know he was a little banged up, uh, last season, but I, I feel like we didn't get the best Javon Holland we, we, we could have seen. But what, what are some of the things you think we might see from him going into next season?
2: Yeah. I'm excited about Holland in, in this defense. And again, how, how much of it comes over from McDonald's system in Miami, we, we don't know that we're going to, figure that out as the offseason goes on. But what the Ravens did with their safety group in particular is they they had a lot of depth there. They they had Kyle Hamilton who has turned into one of the best safeties in the NFL and he's this is only his second season. They signed Marcus Williams to a big deal last offseason but he was hurt for a good amount of the season. He's been hurt honestly for the last two seasons in Baltimore. So what they had is Geno Stone there who had a career-high in interceptions, he was all over the field for them. And part of it was with Hamilton in particular, and with Holland, I would love to see Miami use him more in a Swiss Army knife role, where you can play him any place on the field. And they, they've done that to an extent, but with Kyle Hamilton, what Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver and those defensive positional coaches ended up doing with him? Is they moved them all around the field. You put them up in the box, you put them up at the line. And Kyle Hamilton, you know, he had three sacks in one half against the Colts in week three. And then he was able to get his hands on a couple of interceptions, right place, right time. And it's all about using the skill set where we know Holland can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. He's rangy, he's physical. And I think that a player, I'm not, I'm not saying Holland and Hamilton are the exact same player. Obviously Holland excels more in one area than Hamilton and Hamilton does in another area than Holland. But I think that they're similar enough in terms of how good they are, where you can use Holland all over the field. And if you want to play, and they used Hamilton in the slot too, to cover slot guys. They had them on tight ends and running backs and just, they had them everywhere. So if I'm Anthony Weaver, I want to try to emulate as much of of that as possible with a guy like Javon Holland, because it just, it makes everybody on your defense better and it takes some of the assignment off of some of these other guys too. I know that Miami has a couple of free agent decisions to make this off season, such as, you know, a guy like Jerome Baker. What does that look like? Well, I think, With a Holland, you can use him. It's kind of the way the league is going, almost the positionless defenses, where we're seeing guys lining up in all these different areas of the field. Even So Hamilton came into the league as a strong safety, but he wasn't used in that Baltimore defense as a strong safety. Holland came into the league as a safety, but you can use him at all three levels of your defense, line him up everywhere. And I think it helps a defense because, you're elevating one of your best players to that status of oh, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm going to be where I need to be, and Holland certainly has that potential, and I'm excited to see him in an Anthony Weaver type defense. Go ahead, Ty. All
4: right, so Kevin,
3: let me ask you: um, Patrick Queen and uh, Geno Stone are both free agents. Um, do you guys plan on, I mean, per your knowledge, retaining them? And do you see them as possibly, even though I'm not huge on Patrick Queen, <laughs> I don't want to get into it. But uh, do you see them as possibly guys that could, you know, be traveling over with Anthony Weaver to Miami? And um, what are what are some um, things that you think we should be um, looking for as far as potential fits? Um, as far as you know, what type of traits we should be looking for from like the linebackers and things like that um in this defense
2: yeah what, I think, um,
3: could it could be like it
2: yeah I think Queen could definitely be an option I know there's been a lot of rumblings about maybe him going to Seattle and following Mike McDonald because that that's his guy over there but but I do think that with, with Patrick Queen I- any type of player I think when you talk about what this Ravens defense was last season, they were just physical. That, that's the word I come out to is they they need physical guys. And so when Zach Gore building his defense in Baltimore, they're going to look for that. And I think when you talk about what McDonald's going to want in Seattle, what Weaver's going to want in Miami, even Denard Wilson, who's now the defensive coordinator over in Tennessee, it takes some of that from Baltimore. The physicality is going to be that. and they, they really went that direction in the offseason. Where they kind of, the Ravens got rid of their finesse players last offseason. Like Marcus Williams is more of like the ball hawk type of player, you know, can bait a quarterback into an interception. They went with Rocky SC, and who was, you know, suplexing guys on the field. and He didn't really play a lot, but they went with that trait. Justin Houston, who I know had a, had a cup of coffee over there in Miami a couple of weeks ago, and they just needed guys, needed bodies. But he was the, you know, the finesse pass rusher, third down guy. They bring in Jadavian Clowney, who was one of the most physical edge setters in the NFL. So if I had to get in, Patrick Queen emulates that. Gino Stone, while he's more of the ball hawk interception guy, you can play him in the deep half and have him as a single high guy if you need. I think that for Patrick Queen, the, the consensus in Baltimore, and who knows if it happens or not, we haven't gotten to that point yet. But they already paid Roquan Smith. $100 million for a huge contract. In today's NFL, we talk about like positional groups and how they're getting devalued, but especially, I think, running backs at to the top of that list where the running back position right now is so devalued. I think with middle linebackers and some of the ways that, you know, these three safety looks are coming in or multiple defensive back personnel, you really only need one inside linebacker in some of these defenses for the majority of it. So, Baltimore's can you justify I think Patrick Queen will probably get you know at a a minimum 60 million I have him up in like the 70 to 90 range because I think a team will pay I mean we saw Tremaine Edmonds get it I I think that it's hard to justify Baltimore paying a guy like that so I could see him coming to Miami potentially Uh, it could be a thing that happens because Weaver's definitely going to want some familiarity but he also understands that look he was a lot of the reason and I'm not saying he was the only reason Baltimore had a lot of good coaches but he developed a lot of players on that defensive line in particular, obviously, because that was the positional group he worked the closest with. But he's had experience again at the NFL level, obviously as a player, he knows what he's doing. So I wouldn't be shocked if maybe uh or even a guy like a Clowney or a Van Noy, if if a guy like Van Ginkle doesn't come back, or maybe uh, you know, Jalen Phillips or Bradley Chubb, that recovery lasts a little longer than you want it to. Maybe they want to bring in a guy on a one-year deal who they know can contribute and had a resources of Baltimore and had the success under Anthony Weaver. And Weaver says, Hey, you know what? We're not going to get a Jalen Phillips back till what, November, December, whatever it may be. Let's bring in a guy like Clowney who can get us there and then provide us snaps after the fact. So there could be a couple of Baltimore guys that maybe go to Miami in the offseason. I, I wouldn't be shocked.
1: No, neither would I. I'm I'm kind of glad that you this is a perfect segue to my question. I wanted to see get your opinion uh on on Coach Weaver's, you know, I guess you could say his the way he's developed players overall. I know that you know the the his the defensive line uh success is well advertised on what he has, but how is he you know it seems to me the short clips that I've seen in a lot of the chatter that I've read that he really connects with these players at a level that they understand and he gets the most out of them. And I think for us, we're in the position to where, you know, we're not going to be, and I've said this a million times, and I'm probably saying another million times until we figure out what, what they're going to do with the salary cap is that we can't pay everybody. So we're going to have to develop guys and and draft guys. And and so I, I have a feeling that that's where coach McDaniel was, you know, his, he was leaning towards with his, with his uh, signing of this guy of coach Weaver and also his track record So what do you, you know, what can you tell us that, you know, we might not know about, about him?
2: Well, I think for, when you talk about him as a player, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily put all the stock in the world into, Oh, this guy played versus he didn't in terms of how good of a coach that makes you. But I, it certainly helps that, that, you know, Weaver played, he has the experience. And so for an example, for a player like Justin Matabike, Weaver worked with him for a couple of years. And with Matabike, a lot of the early stuff with him in terms of his development was he would win really hard on some reps. But when he won, he didn't necessarily have a plan in terms of what to do after he won. And that led to, he would overrush the quarterback and allow them to step up in the pocket. He would whiff on a guy. And he didn't have as, as, I think, intricate of a plan as he needed to as a pass rusher. And I think Weaver worked with him and I think got him to a place where, again, we saw the breakout with him and he's going to, he, I think we're probably 25 per year annually on whatever contract he's going to get, whether it's from Baltimore or somebody else. But that was a lot of the stuff with Matabike where Weaver has been there. He's done that. And he worked with Matabike to get him into, okay, you won. Now, what do you do after you win? And so for him to have that type of a plan, to sit down with a player like that, and say the talent is there, the potential is there, you're showing it, but now how can we take you to the next level and how can we get you a plan to what to do, not only the first step, but you get step two, step three, step four, and it's that whole intricate process. So for him to be able to work with young players like that, to, uh, have, to work with Mike McDonald in that defense and say, hey, you know what? I think we can really utilize Travis Jones as a guy that is a big run stuffing presence, but he's not just a third down pass rusher. I think coming out of Yukon, a lot of people were shocked when he fell so far, but two, it was, oh, well, he is a run defender is good, but as a pass rusher, that's where he's going to make his bread and butter. That's where the money comes in. But he was a great two way player for them last season. I think we've that potential and just has, has a different outlook on a lot of things so when people talk about weaver and what he brings to the table i think it's so important nowadays for you to connect to your players i think we've kind of entered an era of all right these players coaches have had a lot of success in the development because you just want to go to war for those type of guys right and i think weaver he has that passion has the energy there are a bunch of clips about him circling on social media right now about the plan that he has and the plans that he's had at the stops he's been at and so to me that's the number one thing where Again, he and Chuck Smith worked in tandem together a lot. Chuck Smith being the Ravens' pass rushing specialist and outside linebackers guy who obviously he had a playing career and did some independent work. And they worked with Adafi Owe on his long-arm bull rush. And Owe had the best year of his career in year three after a sophomore slump. So he's going to bring in guys around him, Weaver on that coaching staff, and obviously some guys I'm sure will stick around in Miami, obviously, too. But I think it's gonna be a group effort from a lot of these guys. But now Weaver has the the head man of the defense role. And I, I think he earned it after what he didn't. But a lot of the Ravens coaches did. And I'm I'm happy for Weaver he got the opportunity.
0: Hey, hey, Kev, really quick. Let let, let me get in really quick before uh uh Wally or McKenna get in here. They like to take my points but uh let me ask you what wh- one of the things i was thinking specifically with weaver and one of the questions i want to ask you who does he build the defense around one of the things i was thinking about specifically with this defense is we got a lot of young uh guys you know you holland still young um i mean we still got some young pieces that we drafted but who would you see him building this defense around or does he go get somebody to build this defense around what what do you think Um, you know, with him coming, looking at this team, you know, what, 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 uh, okay. What do you think he does or what do you think
2: his vision is better yet? I I think for me, you you almost maybe take a similar approach to to Baltimore. And I see, we talked about Javon Holland earlier. I think that might be the guy you try to build around and get him to take even another jump here in this next season. And I think you, you have other pieces. I mean, again, I think once you get Jalen Phillips, back, it's so huge to get Jalen Phillips back. I mean, he's, he's such a stud. I, I was a big Jalen Phillips guy in that draft and I thought Miami got a steal in the pick with him, but I think in the way the Ravens ran their defense, I think their top three guys, it was Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith and Marlon Humphrey knew, you, you know, Matt Abike was a big part of that too. I think he was probably four, but, to me, I think if you have a good interior pass rusher, and again, what what do you do with a guy like Christian Wilkins? Do you bring him back? Do you not? I think that's a conversation. But I think if you have Javon Holland there, you get Jalen Phillips back healthy. You can build around those two guys, and then maybe you can bring in. There are a couple of young, young linebackers that are intriguing. I know Patrick Queen is one. Jordan Brooks from Seattle is another one. Do you bring in a guy like that? Do you bring back Jerome Baker? It's an interesting conversation, but I think Holland Holland is that centerpiece for me where if you can get him to take a jump or two, and you have him on that level, I think everything else kind of falls into place because he can do so much for your defense if you use him as a chess piece, and then everybody else kind of has a role out for it, them. It works it, like that. Is it crazy to
0: say? And I, I know people are going to get on me when I say it, but almost like a Troy Polamalu, you can use him as I. I that Troy was a that, that he was a special athlete, so I don't want to compare him. Per se to like a hall of fame, but like being able to put him on the line, then he jumps back into coverage. And you know what I mean? That kind of strategic chess move. We haven't really seen that in defense. I mean, Michael Parson gives you that, but Michael Parson really isn't covering nobody in coverage per se.
2: Right. I think for me, I mean, I think that's that's what you want in a defense. And I mean, again, Palomalu, the Ed Reeds, all those types. You want to have a chess piece on your defense, I think, in today's game, and whether it is a safety, whether it's a you know athletic linebacker, I think that's just the way the game is going. So to have a Holland, if you can get him up to a level where he can line up on the line and he can blitz off the edge and he can you know play up as is a linebacker and and kind of like the dime linebacker type, I think you can do that. Plus, we know he has the range and we know he can move back, so all that type of stuff. I mean, Kyle Hamilton does it for the Ravens. You have a lot of it. I was a big Holland guy, too. Miami takes a lot of my draft pressures, if you couldn't tell. So, I'm somebody that – I'm a big believer in Javon Holland. I think we can get the best out of him and kind of unlock some things that aren't there yet.
4: All right. Before, French ask us another question because, you know, he thinks the show revolves around him. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, listen, uh, is he going to be in a press <laughs> box so is he going to be on in a, in a, in a field with the actual guys and, like – who who I know we it's it's obvious to say that Javon Holland is is the guy to make the jump, but I'm 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 curious to see what he does for Tindall, what what he does for these young kids because I, I the way he talks, the way he carries himself, I think he's going to resonate well with these kids, and even even as being a guy that had to get up from the mud with the Ravens.
2: Yeah, I think so. So to answer the first part. I think he'll he'll be on the field. If I had to guess, he. he Zach Orr had a quote today. He was the introduced as the Ravens defensive coordinator. And he said, oh, I'm going to be on the field. I need to look these players in the eyes. And I think Weaver shares that same sentiment where I'm fine with people calling from the booth. But I think there's an there's an element of being on the field to me where you can gauge the emotions of your players. You can talk to them. You can one-on-one conversations with them. So I think Weaver, he will be on the field. And he he was on the field with with the Ravens. And I expect that to continue. In Miami, But I agree. I think him resonating with these young guys is, an, is a guy who played in the NFL, who has that experience, who obviously is well-traveled both as a player and as a coach. The development aspect that I saw in Baltimore last year, because it, again, it wasn't just with the, the Clownies and the Pierce's and all that, the, the jump that he got from Matt Abike, a guy like Broderick Washington, who didn't necessarily have all these box score stats, but came on as the year ended. Even a guy like Tavius Robinson, who was an outside linebacker for the Ravens, drafted him in the fourth round, really was super raw coming out of Florida State and didn't really have, or not Florida State, excuse me, but he didn't have a lot of role in front of him when the season started. But they had to use him because of all the injuries, and he and Chuck Smith worked with him, and he actually played a pretty big role. So I'm excited to see, as for all these young guys in Miami, what it does. And again, you you get rookies in there too. Weaver has a lot of respect around the league, and that's not going to change in Miami. So I'm excited because, again, it was a hire that I don't think the Ravens could have gone wrong with Zach or or Anthony Weaver. Obviously, they chose Zach or Weaver went to Miami, and I think I'm happy for him because he deserves an opportunity to kind of have his own defense again. He he didn't work out in Houston, went to Baltimore, worked back to where he is, and I'm excited for him to now have this opportunity.
3: Was Weaver your personal favorite or choice for the for the job, or, or were you more in favor of Zach Orr, personally? I was,
2: I was fine with either, but I, I will say that one thing that I, I thought about during the process was the play calling. Zach or has never called plays before, and, and Anthony Weaver has. So that, to me, I wasn't sure, because there's going to be a learning curve with Zach Orr in calling plays in Baltimore. So I think that with Weaver, it would have been it would have been less of a curve. Weaver has been there; he's called the plays in the defense before. But Zach Orr has been with the Ravens for longer than Weaver has, so he has more of the understanding of oh, well, okay, I've been here since he was a player. I mean, he was an All Pro his last year in the league before having to cut his career short due to an injury. So for me, I think that I, I wouldn't have minded either way. But what I what I had to come to terms with, and I think a lot of Baltimore did too, was whichever one of those guys didn't get the job. The other one was going to leave, whether it was Weaver to Miami or or to Seattle, whatever it was. So that was kind of what I had to come to terms with. But I do think the play calling played a factor for me. But I, I think Gore's going to be just fine. It might be a you know won't won't be a sunshine and rainbows road all the way for him. But it wasn't that way with Mike McDonald either, and it isn't that way for any other coordinator too. So it's sad to see Weaver go. A lot of people are bummed out he didn't stay, but th- this was coming for him. I think a lot of people knew in Baltimore that if he didn't get the Ravens D coordinator job, another team was going to give him an opportunity and Miami took advantage. Uh,
0: I, I was going to add something to that question, uh, but right. I, I'll, I'll wait for uh mechanic or I'll wait for Chad.
4: Uh, wow. Wow. You, you, you know what? I'm, since you guys don't want to ask any questions, man, is, w- w- which guys do you see like out of, out of the Ravens coming with them? Like, you know, he has, Maybe maybe a low key defensive line guy that you guys might not bring back. Is there any guys in, in, in the roster you might be seeing in a new uniform this season?
2: Yeah, I think for for going elsewhere, if, if there was a if there was a piece, because Patrick Queen and Geno Stone are those guys and Clowney and Venor, those are all guys who are known. But the Ravens do have a couple of a couple of younger Ravens that I'd be interested to see where they go. But one that I'm really interested in actually is is Ronald Darby. I know that Miami corner wise, I mean, it's not like it's the biggest need on earth for them, but just as a depth guy, I mean, as a depth player, I think that Darby can help out. He had one of the better seasons across the league this year. And while I wouldn't necessarily, Miami wouldn't need him as a cornerback one, but you can play him on the outside. I know that there are some questions with Xavier Howard and kind of what that's going to be, but you you have Jalen Ramsey there. Obviously Kohu is a guy you have to, but I think that to me, Darby is a depth piece. I think he might follow somebody, whether it's McDonald or Weaver or Wilson or one of those guys. Ronald Darby's a really interesting piece in terms of what the what a team could get out of him. I also think Malik Harrison, everybody talks about Patrick Queen is the gem of that class in terms of linebacker. And he was, I mean, we gotta give him credit. But Malik Harrison was somebody who, when he got an opportunity, he was a third-round pick out of Ohio State back in 2020. When he got an opportunity, he, he performed. He's a physical linebacker. He also, the Ravens developed him a bit at, at the, the Sam position, so he can play on the outside a little bit, can set the edge. He's not going to, you know, light the world on fire. But is someone that maybe you, draft, you bring in as a depth linebacker who can fill in in some circumstances, I think Malik Harrison could be another name to watch.
3: Well, Kevin, appreciate you uh, giving us all this great insight on Anthony Weaver. We hope that he can bring some of that uh, tenacity and and toughness that the Ravens are known for defensively. We could definitely use some of that in Miami. Um, hopefully, uh, Patrick Queen uh, goes elsewhere for me. But uh, there are uh, there are some intriguing options available that I think could be great fits for this defense. I just um, I have questions about his his acumen defensively, like I the the history as defensive coordinator, it's there, but it wasn't great. So I don't know to, if I should read too much into that. I know it wasn't a great situation in Houston. they were kind of decimated talent wise when he got his opportunity. Um and he tried to do the best out of what he what he could. So um trying to give him a mulligan there and and just hoping that he can, you know, figure it out in Miami and and hopefully he learned some things that, you know, he felt he could have did better. So Overall, we are excited about the hire and um, excited to see where it takes us, man. So, appreciate you joining us and giving us a great insight on uh, Mr. Weaver.
2: Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, see, if he was coming from Houston to Miami, that would have been a little different. But I I will give him the Ravens bump and say that him being there, I think, helped a couple of things. Maybe it was how he sees the game or calls the play. So, I'm excited for it.
0: Well, Kevin, hopefully we can uh, get some of your guys. Uh, We got Zach (laughs) Seeler for you hitting right of the team. Uh my guy, uh I'm I'm the leader of the ceiling. Any fullbacks, so any fullbacks, any fullbacks. <laughs> hey, we're we're we're, we're listen. All Gino Stone. Say, all I'm gonna say is I'm, I'm open to any players you got. Any more fullbacks as well, I'll take them all.
2: They they might move on from Patrick Ricard. Who knows? Maybe he'll come up to Miami. I know they, hey, they got Alec. Alec Engle made the Pro Bowl, so you know what? Oh, you know what? I two the of them. do for, for it, it, man. Man. Run, run, run all the heavy sets you can. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no,
4: y'all ain't carrying
2: alone, man. You have a brother. Hey, Kev, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you guys for having me. Thanks so much.